0: This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Montgomery, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Well, today we're going to finish up with our series on the DNA of relationships. Have you enjoyed that series? It's been good. Hey, Heather. Good to see you. is mom and dad. Hallelujah. Well, today, I was going to go a couple of different ways to end this up, but I ended up, I want to talk today about fanning the flames of love. All you married people and hope to be married people, or soon to be married people. Hopefully, this is going to be a good way to kind of cap it off. Talking about the DNA of relationships. Last week we talked about, you know, the five love languages. And I got home and my wonderful wife reminded me I only gave you four. I shortchanged you one. She's the detail person, so she... And so we'll, we'll, we'll give you that extra one today. That was physical touch. We'll talk about that in the thing. But we, you know, the love language, can anybody, I know you've had a lot of turkey... And a lot of stuff all this week. Anybody remember one of the love languages from last week? Acts of service. Gifts. Quality time. Words of affirmation. Physical touch, right? I didn't give you that, but I just gave it to you. Very good. You guys are good. good. You, you get a good high score on that. But I want to talk about it. You know, to all the married people and the soon-to-be-married people and the hope-to-be-married people, this will be a good message for you uh, about fanning the flames of love we're talking about the DNA of relationships you know romance in marriage is a is a is a very important key and it is an important aspect if we're going to have our relationship to remain vital and alive it's a glue that helps hold the relationship together if you will it's the stuff that's in between the two pieces of bread that holds it together. It's the good stuff in there that holds it together. So if you, you know, a little bit of romance, you know. Guys, don't we like to maybe, when you get up and you're going, maybe going to your bathroom and uh, your wonderful wife has left you a message there on the mirror with lipstick or left you a little note there, something, you know, to build excitement. Or maybe there's a long stem rose left on the pillow come on don't look at me in that tone of voice <laughs> come on we're talking we're talking to the married people or to hope, to hope soon to be married or to hope to be married people isn't that right? romance is important when's the last time you and your spouse just held hands went for a walk So, oh man I come here to hear, hear about the gospel well I'm going to tell you what anybody know what gospel means this is good news this is good news isn't that right you know if you would practice romance you know it might make getting up in the morning a bit more exciting you get up in the morning and say, hey this is going to be a good day wow maybe if the first thing we heard was honey i love you instead of Man, that's the worst bedhead I've ever seen. <laughs> Romance is that special feeling that keeps com- keep you coming back for more and more. So many times I've met couples, you know, that have been married a while and their marriage is stale. Stale. Really stale. Come on. So, you know, we want to... You know, romance is a spice that keeps a relationship alive and exciting. Thank you for that. That's right. (laughs) Unfortunately, as couples get more and more familiar, romance tends to disappear. You know, we're comfortable with one another now, we say. (laughs) You know, the man no longer holds the door open for his spouse. Come on. The woman no longer... Writes a little notes for his lunch. He finds less and less time to spend with her, and holding hands seems to be just a wonderful memory of long ago. You know, whoever came up with the idea that the honeymoon had to be over? Thank you, brother. So, man's been married, what, 60 years? 53, okay. Going for 60. Amen. Listen. (laughs) Since the baby arrived, she feels less inclined to wear the silk nightgown and only lights the candles to keep the bugs away. (laughs) She no longer fixes her hair the way she used to, and he doesn't bother to buy the cologne his partner likes. It's too expensive, and shaving every day is such a bother. The little chat's over dinner at their special restaurant are a thing of the past. Does this sound like you and your partner? If it does, you need to do something fast. Isn't that right? Proverbs 18.22 says, He that finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. So guys, let me address you first. What are you doing with the good thing you found? And what are you doing with the favor that God's given you with that woman in your life? You know, uh, in economics, they talk about, this is true about things, but it can also be true about relationships, is that, you know, uh, it call, they call it, you know, increasing the value or value added to a thing. For example, you can take iron ore in the ground and it's worth a certain amount of money. But if you, you, you smelt that iron ore and you make uh, nails out of it, it becomes even more valuable. If you make a, you know, steel beams for putting up a building, it becomes even more valuable. And so we talk about you, know, you take something that's been given to you, but you know what? By your actions, by your investment by how you 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 handle the thing that's been given to you you can add value to it and it's the same thing about a relationship especially in a marriage we can add value to it or we can devalue it and many times it's unfortunate that we devalue that special person in our life and i know this that that everyone who enters into a marriage relationship their idea their hopes their dreams is that it's going to it's going to be the best thing that's ever happened to them it's going to be great it's going to get better and better and better but i want to tell you what it takes work for that to happen i think sometimes you know we've let hollywood present some kind of you know image and vision to us about what romance is what what a marriage is, what love is. You know, we talk about falling into love and then, you know, here's the, you know, the good thing. If we fall into love, it just makes sense that I fell out of love. I couldn't help it, Pastor. I just fell out of love. No, you didn't, you bum. <laughs> you didn't fall out of love. You didn't do anything with the favor and, and, and the gift that God gave you for that woman or if it's the other case, for that man What are you doing with what God gave you? Amen? Amen. In the Song of Solomon, he says this. He says, He has taken me to the banquet hall, and His banner over me is love. So let's talk about turning on love again, okay? Is this okay on Sunday morning? I know, you know. Somebody says, This doesn't sound too spiritual. Well, i tell you, it is. Because the Bible says... Whom the Lord has joined together, let no man, well, you know, most of the time we look at that and we think about some man out there that's going to break up my marriage. No, he's talking about the man that's in the marriage. (laughs) I always found out before this man out there, it was this man in here. Before it was that woman out there, it was this woman in here, in the marriage. Isn't that right? Sure it is. So, turning on love, the first thing is, maybe you need to reconnect with one another. Remember how you saw your spouse when you first met and were dating? Oh, she was just the most wonderful thing you'd ever seen. He was just the most handsome. He was so gallant. (laughs) I mean, you know... I mean, when he was having a date, he couldn't wait, you know. Man, he cleaned up the car. I mean, he, I mean, he had everything done just right. Now, you know, when you open the car, you know, the trash falls out. <laughs> man, I'm telling you, you spend that hard on money. You didn't have a whole lot because you was young. Man, I remember mean, when I was young, and didn't have a whole lot of money. But man, you going on a date with that woman. You would just, I mean, you'd bust the budget going on a date to impress that woman can I hear an amen guys well what happened I said what happened wine gets better with age (laughs) oh me you saw them as someone special maybe you know they were the love of your life he was your hero so much you know so you know it was just such a wonderful time. You were so in love, you were so enthralled. And you know, I got a question for you. What happened? I said, what happened? Well, I just fell out of love. No, you t- first of all, there's I don't believe you know, there's no such thing as falling in love. Now, there's infatuation that we call falling in love, but that's not real love. And this is what I go back to say. See, we've we've let, you know, Harmock Channel or Hollywood or somebody tell us what romance really is. You know, it's this perfect woman. It's this perfect man. And, you know, they, they do everything just right. And, you know, I mean, you know, they get up in the morning and, you know, they don't even need to brush their teeth. They're just perfect. They're just wonderful. They're just awesome all the time. Mm. See, because we've got that idea, then when we got married and we realized, hey, you know what? This person is not perfect. And the next thing you know, our focus shifts from everything that attracted them to us to everything we see that is wrong with them. Mmm. They're faults, their shortcomings. And instead of doing what we've looked at in 1 Corinthians 13, where it says love. Believes and sees the best in everyone that includes your husband and your wife. Say amen. amen. <laughs> we start looking at what's wrong with them. Because we, many times it's because we've got this wrong idea of what romance is really about, what love is really about. Love is a decision, not a feeling feelings follow choices Where do we get in trouble we start making bad choices bad decisions we're unhappy because we begin to look at our spouse in a wrong way and in a different way rather than looking at them through love and seeing the good qualities and the Good things and the wonderful things about them, we start seeing their faults and we start listening to the enemy and the world's idea of what, you know, romance and love and what the perfect person is all about. And the next thing you know, we start looking out somewhere and comparing our spouse to somebody out there. You know, if you really think about it, Hollywood's the last place I want anybody to advise me about marriage. Holy cow. They go through marriages like, you know, uh, ladies go through new cho- shoes or pocketbooks. You know, wear them for a while and they get a scuff on them, I'm getting a new pair. They get married, something doesn't go right, boom, I'm out of here. I'm going to get another one. Hello. That's not the way God intended it to be. And so we need to make sure that you know we don't have a, a wrong idea about what romance and marriage is all about. That means we got to let our partner, our husband, our wife be the fulfillment of our dreams when it comes to romance and marriage. Come on. You know that guy that's so hunky looking? He may be a deadbeat for all you know. He might not be able to hold a job. He might have the worst attitude. He might be somebody that you have to wait on hand and foot along with the other three kids. She might, that woman that you think is just so beautiful you got to have. I mean, she may just be just such somebody that she you know she's always harping, 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 harping after you. Nye, 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 nye. Nothing's right. Nothing's good enough. Hello? Boy, we got to look way past the superficial, don't we? The externals. You know? We that are a little bit older, believe it or not, at one time when we were younger, we were handsome and beautiful too. Everybody starts that way, and it's wonderful. But you know what? There's a handsomeness and a beauty in every stage of your life if you know where to look for it. And if you have the right outlook and the right expectations. See, unfulfilled expectations are the biggest cause of love dying and dying down in our lives. We let somebody else set the expectation. Well, you know, he's not this, and she's not that, and... He doesn't look this way, and she doesn't look that way, and, and they don't treat me this way, and they don't treat me that way. We've already talked about this, so I won't get back into that. We've talked about the button pushing stuff, haven't we? We've already talked about that in this DNA of relationships. So let me ask you this Are your expectations realistic, or are they left over from childhood? You know, the girls dream about Prince Charming. Ooh. I'm just waiting for my Prince Charming. I'm just, char- I'm just waiting for, you know, that, that beautiful woman. Yeah. You know, I heard a guy, guy years ago tell me, you know, he said, you know, it, somehow we got on this subject and he was talking about it. He said, yeah, he said, I'm just waiting for God to bring me by that. You know, he had a scale from one to ten he had made. I'm just waiting for God to bring me by that 10. And I didn't have enough nerve to say it, but I was thinking, man, you'd be glad if you get a five, buddy. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) We get unrealistic expectations sometimes. We build it up in our mind about what we deserve or what we would like. And all the time, you know, there's all these other wonderful people passing our way, but we're too oblivious. We can't see it. Remember, the scripture says, he that finds a wife. It didn't say he that God delivers a wife to you by UPS. (laughs) I'm just waiting for God to send me that husband. You know, he, he said he that findeth. How do you find? <laughs> you have to look. Mm. Think about it. Could anybody really fulfill those kind of expectations? They're not realistic. They're not good. You need to dwell on the, what, the person you're married to. What do they bring to the table? What are they giving? What are their, what are their good points? What are their good attributes? Because listen, there's nobody perfect. You get that, what you think is that perfect person. I remember years ago, a little story. This guy was in Bible school, you know, and of course, you know, this was years ago. And they, you know, they were telling him, you know, you heard some professor tell him, you know. Now, here's the thing, guys, you know, he was talking to all the single guys that were in Bible school about to graduate. He said, now, when you're looking for uh, your, your wife, you're looking for a spouse, he said, now, you know, he said, you need to find somebody that can really help you in the ministry. Find somebody that can sing or play the piano or something like that, you know. And so this one guy, you know, he he listened. I mean, you know, after all the professors was telling him what he was, you know, this is what you need to do. So, you know, in the process of time as he was, you know, looking for a wife and believing God for a wife, you know, he married somebody, you know, that could play and sing beautifully. And, you know, after a while, after he'd been married a while, you know, and the one morning he woke up and she woke up and he looked over there at her with the bedhead and she looked over there at him and man, it just hit him all of a sudden. He said, woman, get up and play. <laughs> Sometimes we're looking for the wrong thing in marriage, in romance and, and with a partner. And so we, we, you know, and we don't see the positive things. What are the good things? If you're married now, what are the good things that are in your marriage? Is your glass always half empty? You'll never be happy. I see some people, you know, they wouldn't be happy. It wouldn't matter. You know, if they married the most handsome man that was a billionaire, the most beautiful woman that was, you know, a trillionaire, they'd still be unhappy because something would somewhere would not be right. They're always looking for what's wrong. You know, you need to look for the gold in your partner, your spouse. Look for the gold in them. Don't look for the dirt. Look for the gold. Look for what's good. Look for what they bring to there. Now, here's the thing. Choose to be happy where you are. Well, I just don't feel. I'm going to tell you what. Feelings are bad guides for your choices. Feelings are bad guides for your choices. Here's the thing. A lot of people, they have a feeling. It strikes them. Feelings come and feelings go. But they make a many times even life-changing decisions based on a feeling. Well, I just don't feel the way I did anymore. That's it. I'm out of here. No, learn to make choices and let feelings follow choices. Are you listening? Feelings will always follow a choice. Are you listening? Feelings will always follow the choice. First, I choose to love. First, I choose to see what's good and wonderful in that person I'm in that relationship with. Are you listening? And, can, and, and then here's the thing. We need to learn to let go of disappointments. Disappointments, if we dwell on them, keep us unhappy. If you have been in a marriage relationship for any length of time, you have had disappointments. Because the person you are married to is not perfect. Are you listening? They are not perfect. They're not going to be perfect tomorrow. They're not going to be perfect next month. They're not going to be perfect next year. And all those people that you think out there that you're looking at, I got news for you. Guess what? They're not perfect either. Oh, if I could just have that hunk. (laughs) Oh, if I could just win her heart. I just know. Listen, the person's heart you need to win is the person that you're in that relationship with. And the sooner you can let go of disappointments that have happened and forgive and move forward, the happier you're going to be and remain. Mm. I know this is, you know, we don't get up and shout over this stuff. But this is where we live, folks. You know, God's God at home as well as church. Are you listening? God's God in the marriage relationship just like He is in the church relationship. After all, you've got a big investment in that marriage, don't you? I hope you do. You know, you know, let me just say this. If you're in a marriage relationship, if you're not already, you need to be all in. Are you listening to me? All in. Well, I'm just waiting until she gets all in, Pastor, and then I'm going to get no. You need to be all in. Push all the chips to the middle. All in. I'm all in. I don't have a back door. I don't have plan B. I don't have an escape plan. If this don't work out, I'm all in. Thank you it's the truth so let me give you some suggestions real quick about rekindling the flame of love maybe you've lost your romance you need to get your romance back (laughs) start dating again your spouse (laughs) see some people say hey pastor gave us permission to go start dating again Your spouse, the one you're married to, start dating again. (laughs) Plan a date night, guys. Once a month, plan a date night. Remember when you and do it the way you used to when you were trying to win her. Remember how you did it, man. I'm telling you what. You cleaned up that automobile, man. You got it looking good, smelling good. You you found a restaurant that she liked, man. You made the reservations. Now you know, as a married maybe, if you still got children at home, you find the baby. Don't say, "Honey, you know, I, I feel like we need to have a date night." You set it all up. Right. Where's the romance in that? Right. Come on, guys, do a date night. That's what we, well, Cindy and I, we do date nights. We do. I st- man, I love going on a date with her. I love being seen with her. I, th- I think everywhere I go, I got the most beautiful woman in the world with me. Wherever I go, I go out, man, I love being seen with her. I just make those guys think, how in the world did a guy like that can get a girl like that? <laughs> just makes them think, you know? <laughs> ah. Do something together, it's a key. Remember, we talked about quality time. Is a love language. A date night. Something to look forward to. Something to get excited about. Get dressed up. Looking good. Come on. Create some new memories. Experience something new together. Do something new. Do something you haven't done before together. You know. Still the same old same old. Do something different. Go somewhere different. Do something different. Experience something different together. Make a new memory. You know, some people think, man, you know, we're married, got the kids now. Life is over. <laughs> Only because you decided to. That's exactly right. Boring. That's the word for it. Communicate. We talked about words of affirmation, didn't we? Guys, verbally express how you feel to your wife. Women want to hear words. Help me out, ladies. They do. And they want you to listen to them when they talk. Don't interrupt. Make eye contact. You know, when she's talking to you and you have the football game on, you're not listening. Come on. You know what this says? It says I care. It says you matter. It says you're important to me. More important than this or that or the other thing. Those things may have to be done, but I want to tell you what, you know, they have a way of working themselves out. But I want to tell you, that person that's committed to you and that relationship, I want to tell you what, guys, girls, we're blessed to have them. And we need to do something. We need to be adding some value to our marriage, to our marriage partner. We need to be adding some value. One of the ways you do that, what? Is you let them know you're important to me. You're special to me. You under God, you're number one in my life. And I'm gonna tell you what, you do that, and I'm gonna tell you your marriage is gonna continue to just get better and better and better. Amen. Amen. You know, guys, help out around the house every once in a while. Or maybe regularly. Or maybe often. See, I'm working you in there, guys. <laughs> leave notes for one another around the house. I'm talking about ways you can communicate. You know, just leave a, leave a love note to them. Yeah, well, Pastor, we've been married 45 years. We don't do that no more. Bless your heart. Bless that person you're married to. Come on. Let them discover them. Isn't that true? Absolutely. Come on. Is this that boring? <laughs> acts of service. Remember we talked about acts of service as one of the love languages. Isn't that right? And guys, we like to do stuff. That's, that's where we're probably, most of us, that's our, most, that's our comfort zone. We're not as comfortable with words. But you know what? We can learn a new language. We talked about, remember, learning more than one love language. Maybe you've got one that's, you know, this is where I'm co- my comfort zone. But you know what? We learned another one. We want, see. We're talking about the DNA of relationships. We're talking about, you know, a part of that relationship we're in a marriage relationship with has to do with what keeping love alive. We have to work at it. We have to romance it. You know, even. Spiritual things, Paul told Timothy, even spiritual things, he said, he said, you gotta stir up that spiritual gift you received. Well, we need to stir up that love life that God's given us with that special person in that marriage relationship. We need to stir it up from time to time. Are you listening? Listen, physical touch. When your husband walks in the door at the end of the day, greet him, ladies. Drop whatever you're doing at the moment. Put the baby down. Say goodbye to the friend on the phone. Get off the computer. Welcome him home with a big hug. Oh, didn't get nearly as big amen from the ladies on that one. And the guy's just hugging me out to dry. Uh, Absolutely. Listen, we talked about you know the, one of the love languages is physical touch, isn't it? Hug that person. Let you know what that would say to them. That would say to them first of all, they, you know if you're not you, they're not used to you doing this. First thing they might want to know is what's wrong. <laughs> that lets you know that you need to do that a whole lot more because that is not normal, but it should be. I said it should be. You know, we live in an age where there's so much going on. I understand that there's, where so much is demanded of us. So much is asked of us. So many things are pulling at us. We've got deadlines and projects and, and bosses to please. And, and we're, we're trying to take care of the kids and do homework. And we're trying all the stuff that's pulling at us. And it's real easy in all of the shuffle to lose the two people that mean the most to us Jesus and the person we're married to. You're not married to that boss. Do you? Yeah, you want to do a good job. You want to do what you're supposed to do. But I'm telling you, that's not who you're married to. You know, uh, my, ki- my kids were, were home over the weekend, and, you know, we were talking about doing this or doing that, and, you know, they wanted to, to do something different. It wasn't anything bad, just, just do something different that Cindy wasn't in agreement with. And I told them, I said, listen, guys, I said, you guys are going home in a couple of days. I'm staying here. <laughs> You can afford to do that. You can afford to be disagreeable all you want to be. I'm living in this place. I'm living with this woman. I'm committed to this relationship. (laughs) Come on. Some of you know, sometimes that we need, you know, we laugh about that, but we need to remember that. When it comes down to the boss and our spouse, how many times do we choose the boss? The project. Or something else, we're trying to please somebody else, rather than that person that's going to be there and has been there in good times and bad times. I love you, but I love her more. (laughs) Compliment one another. Uh Uh-oh. Daily compliments what? They strengthen our self-worth, don't they? And what? This is another way we, what, we add value to people. You know, I love you. You're special. Thank you. That was a delicious meal. Thank you for washing the dish. It doesn't have to be some great thing, it, but it has to be something that we're expressing to one another that they're valuable to us, that we appreciate them, that we're not just taking them for granted and overlooking them. This is one of the biggest things that kills the romance in the relationship, in so many marriages, is that they begin to take one another for granted. One of the best ways you can combat that and fight that is what? It's just learn to compliment one another. Value one another. Appreciate one another. Verbally express that. Every day. Every day. Every day. Find something good to say about one another. Listen. Don't... Listen. The world is full of critics. Isn't that right? You know, I tell this all the time. I say, you know, you don't have to be especially smart to be a critic. Isn't that right? If you've got eyes to see, it's easy to be a critic. It's easy to see what's wrong with the world, with the government, with, the, with this, with that, with the other, with this, with that. Everything. I mean, everything about the news. I mean, I'm thinking, you know, instead of calling them reporters, they ought to just call them criticizers because everything they report is is a critique it's no wonder people lose hope in our nation because you look at most of the news everything's about everything's bad everything's wrong nobody likes one another we're all mad at one another we have to get one another that's a lie I said that's a lie I said that's a lie who do you think the devil wants to believe all that stuff sure he wants us to Why? Because all that does is pour fuel on the fire. We're saying there's not issues, there's not problems. No, we're not. But I want to tell you what, there's a lot of good going on too. But you won't hear that on the news. And you know what? We get enough of that. So between ourselves, let's talk about, let's tell each other, you know, how special they are, how much we love them. And then we talked about receiving gifts as part of a love language. Romance. Surprise her with some little gifts from time to time. Maybe even a big one from time to time. Ladies, you're not helping me out one bit. (laughs) Holy cow. (laughs) Isn't that right? Sometimes just a phone call at work. Just say, you know, I'm just thinking about you, honey. How wonderful you are. You're the best. I love you. Hope you're having a great day. Come on. See, I know, it doesn't mean much when you hear me say it, but that special person in your life, when they say it, that's what I'm talking about. When they say it, it matters, doesn't it? It matters. You know, maybe bring home some flowers for no reason at all. Don't wait to Valentine's Day. I mean, that was really a big surprise. You got flowers on Valentine's Day. Wow. You're just going all out, aren't you? <laughs> Come on. You know, there's more than Valentine's and birthday. You know, you could just, just sometimes you just say, you know, I just wanted you to know how much I loved you. How much I appreciate you. And then, ladies, are you making romance easy or hard for your man? How do you dress him? He comes home from a hard day of work, and you look like, oh, my God. Oh, no. I must have got the wrong house, Lord. No, that's the right number on the door. Come on. Come on. You know, I'm not talking about, you know, something weird, but you can look nice, can't you? You can fix your hair a little bit, put on some makeup, come on. How you dress, the attitude that you present. When he comes home and he, he tries to be romantic, you're like, no, nah, now, nah, I'm with you. <laughs> Ooh. And then finally, surprise. Surprise! Surprise! This inspires romance. You know, you ever have a surprise? Yeah, I've told you about times when I'd surprise Cindy. I'll plan out special things, and we'll just—you know—I'll take her. You know, we'll go out of town. Atlanta's one of the biggest, biggest, closest cities. I just plan a trip. We'll go out of town. I just take her over there. We'll go in a nice hotel, a nice romantic dinner. You know, then I plan to do, you know, we got, uh, you know, we got the hotel right by this humongous, I forget the name, a big shopping center over there in Buckhead. You know why I did that? Because that's what she likes to do. <laughs> man, man, if it had been me, I'd have been over there close to the ball field. Remember, we said it's not about us, is it not about me? It's about the other person. Isn't it? right? You know, you don't have to do anything so elaborate. Sometimes, you know, just go out, go out to Shakespeare somewhere or go out, you know, have a picnic. You can do something. You say, I wish I had a budget to do that. Well, I'm telling you, I remember when we first got married, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, we lived on the fourth floor and we had 20 other kids in the house with us. They, of course, they were all students, so they were older, but we it was like having kids, because <laughs> they looked to you, you had to take care of everything you know for. Them. but you know we, and you know we had one bed, and it was about this wide, you know, but we still found ways to do things together. We didn't have money, I remember. Man, what was it? What was that? Res- that little apartment was what? 50, was it fifty dollars a month there in Bolivia, or what was it? A hundred dollars a month? Well, one we wanted to rent, a hundred dollars a month. Well, we didn't ever rent it because we didn't have a hundred dollars a month. <laughs> but we still, what? We still had ways where we could go out. We could be together. We romanced one another. We did that. So, you know, don't say, well, I don't have that this much money. Or that. Listen, you can still do things together. Get out and go for a walk. Get out and go to the park. Do something together instead of just, you know, uh, in front of the boob tube. <laughs> All young people, if you don't know what the boob tube is, that's the TV, the tablet, the online, and the computer. I've expanded it. Isn't that right? Watch her favorite movie together sometimes, guys. ain't watching no chick flick, man. I'm a man. If you're not careful, you're going to be a lonely man. (laughs) You know? Occasionally put aside your chores or plans and do something just fun and relaxing. I found this out. A lot of things we think can't wait, they can. The laundry can wait. Oh, yeah, it's important, but it can wait. Things can wait. But I want to tell you, this is what I found out. Life can't wait because you know what? It keeps going, doesn't it? You know, I found out when I start thinking one of these days, before I know it, a bunch of days have gone past and and, and one of these days hadn't got here yet. One of these days, I'm going to do what you say, Pastor. One of these days, I'm going to do it. Just, You know, right now, I'm just so busy. I mean, my my job is so demanding. There's so much going on. I just, you know, but, uh, man, one of these days, listen, let me caution you. One of the days may come and you're by yourself. Don't wait for one of these days. You make today One of these days, you decide you're going to do it. Let me give you real quickly some action points to keep your love and romance alive in relationships. Because I want to tell you guys and girls, if you don't do this, your relationship at best will be stale and at worst could fail. Come on. Guys, first one's for you. Plan a surprise romantic date with your wife. Do it all. Pick the restaurant. Make the re- reservations. If you've got small kids, get the babysitter. Get it all set up. Get everything done. Then ask her out for a date. Girls, gals, surprise your husband. By preparing his special food, and instead of serving it, you know, on those paper plates <laughs> and the TV tray. Serve it with candlelight with a table specially set. You know what you're doing? You're adding value to your marriage. You're adding value to that relationship. And then something to do together, do something spontaneous together sometime this month. Listen, guys. I know you could say, well, you know, Pastor, this wasn't too spiritual. I didn't get all goosebumps and everything. I don't tell you what. Relationships do not, good relationships do not happen by chance. If you want a bad relationship, just don't work at it. You know, have you ever noticed this, you know, if you, if you uh, have a garden or even in your, if you just have a lawn that you're taking care of and everything. You ever notice how easy it is for the weeds to grow? Hadn't rained in, what, four months or five months now and gum them weeds, they don't die. <laughs> Beautiful grass wants to die, but them weeds, they just keep, I don't know what it is. <laughs> have you ever noticed that? If you've got a garden... You don't, have to, you don't have to fertilize those weeds. You don't have to water those weeds. They just, boy, they'll just come up all by themselves, don't they? You know, that's the way it is with the relationship. But you know, to, to, to make it good, to have that, that lawn looking really nice and green and flourishing, and that garden to produce, you have to work it, don't you? It's the same thing with a marriage relationship. You have to work at it. You have to work at it. Listen. We've talked all this month about the DNA of relationships. The church is only as strong as the relationships of its people. Our relationship with God, our relationship with our husband and wife, our relationships with one another. Remember we said that life is about relationships and everything else is just the details. And you know what? same thing is true in marriage. Marriage is about the relationship with that other person. You cultivate it. You protect it. You guard it. You do everything you can to see it flourish and grow. You do all that you can. And all the details, God will help you. And you know what? They just have a way of working out, don't they? I mean, we face, just like you, we faced all kind of crises in life. It looked like, man, this is the one that's going to get us. But you know what? God was bigger. Man, it looked like this crisis was going to get us, but you know what? God was bigger. As long as we stayed strong with one another in our relationship, and strong in our relationship with God, you know what? The details had a way of working out. didn't matter whether it was health or finances or kids or whatever. Same stuff you face. Same stuff. But relationships, they make us better. And they make us stronger.